Oh. Back we live, sitting here on the hood, on the acid podcast with the human mind. Oh. What up, dog? I don't know. I'm just I'm so blown away by that intro. I need a second to collect myself. Holy shit. <laughs> you never cease to impress. I just did a random fucking beat while I was waiting. And fucking slap her on. Let's go. Boom, 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 boom. It's like J-Rock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you should write a rap song about jerking off, and then you'll be you'll be a hit. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that story about how I got caught hanging out and playing with my cock. <laughs> well, those were the old days. Is he even on Trailer Park Boys anymore? I don't think so. Not really, no. Eh, what are you gonna do? They're like they're doing cartoons now because they're all old as fuck. It's a smart move. The transition was really genius, like in their last like, of actual like uh <coughs> acting, they like the la- they took a bunch of mushrooms and at the end they just end up all in jail and like, whoa, dude, you're a cartoon, and it just kind of finishes off like that. Like that is pretty funny, I'll admit. That is kind of a funny transition. <laughs> it's just it's proper. It's like there's no like, well, where the where the animated series come? They actually like blinked it, bridged it. Yeah, they actually connected. That's that's pretty clever. But it still kind of feels like you know, we're kind of you know now it's kind of over. You know, we're now we're just running on fumes. We're just you know they're just doing it to pay their bills at this point. Let's be honest. Yeah, and for the demand, they probably get more hate if they didn't do it. So. Well, I don't think they'd get. We wouldn't get hate, but they they know that there's still an audience for it. So why not? Exactly. Like, YouTube's still touring, even though they suck. (laughs) Well, Trailer Park Boys just turned 20. Like, apparently, Trailer Park Boys originally premiered in July of 2001. Holy shit. So, yeah, it just turned 20. Isn't that crazy that Trailer Park Boys has been around that long? Well, like, it it took them about 10 years to get momentum. (laughs) Well, yeah, like, outside. Like, in Canada, yeah. Like, I remember watching the show when I was, like, really young. Like, too young. (laughs) I was watching Trailer Park Boys when I was, like, 12 or 13. Like, I think I started watching it when they were on, like, their second or third season. (laughs) So, yeah, I got into it pretty early. And, like, yeah, it used to be, like, this underground thing that only Canadians knew about. But now, I swear to God, if you go on YouTube and you look at, like, the comments, holy shit, people from all over the world love this show, man. Well, it's remarkable. Even Kenny versus Spenny, another Canadian show, like, not as good, but, but, like... It, they're huge in Europe. Like Europeans love that shit. Like, like yeah, I, yeah. It's interesting how things can become hits. Yeah, I I recently rewatched Kenny versus Spenny because I used to watch it in my youth, like sixteen or whatever. And I thought it was hilarious and like forefronting. When I look at it now, and I'm just like, man, like this is just this is just like a shittier version of Jackass. Like, <laughs> yeah, wasn't it just like two douchey guys like challenging each other? Yeah, two lifetime best friends, like, dueling it out to see who's the better man. Like, Who the were they? Battle. Were they just, like, two random guys? Were they comedians or actors? Or were they just, like, two random buddies who were like, hey, let's make a show? Like, two two actors, I suppose. They were writing scripts and screenplays and stuff. They are trying to pitch it. Like, like yeah, I guess that makes sense. They, they eventually thought, like, hey, let's just do something together and make our own thing. And, you know. And apparently, like, you know, it's they probably exaggerate in the show, but, like, Kenny is a piece of shit to Spenny. And, like, that, you should just make this the show, man. You're always bullying, like, your, your best friend and shit. Like, <laughs> You think they, like, hate each other in real life? They might. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Yeah, probably. It, from what I can, like, 
see. It's, it seems like maybe Kenny is just like, he does love Spen- Spenny, but Spenny is fucking totally like just disturbed. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I'm sure they kind of do like each other on some level. Like it's, it's, it's weird. Like you go the distance with someone, you're kind of like, you know, tied to them in a way. Like, it is what it is. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to put up with, like, you know, you can be an asshole sometimes, but, you know, we because history counts for something. Like, you know, you've been through shit with a person. Like, it it counts for something. Fucking rights, man. Yeah. It was well, it's the foundation like, of the whole... The foundation yeah. of what? It's, it's the foundation of the whole, like, relationship, essentially, the time spent, you know? like. Yeah. Well... I suppose. Well, do you think like Teller hates fucking Pen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm well. Tell, Teller does talk, you know. So it's like, it's just, well, yeah. It's just an, like he's talked more and more over the years. Like he does talk, and he probably talks of Pen all the time. So you know, like the way we see him in the light is like probably like fuck. I'm stuck. Like someone's speaking for you all the time. I mean, like meanwhile, like, imagine, like, imagine if like fucking like he never spoke at all. And they're just off stage, like no, he just never talks. Yeah, He's like, just like the always, you know. Like, and, like, I don't even know him. He doesn't say shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Teller's the brains behind the whole thing, and Penn's the guy who can talk. You know, like yeah. I don't know. A lot of people hate Penn. He's kind of like a douchey guy. He's smart though. I'll give him that. He's naturally intimidating. He's a big, big guy. But you know, his credibility is at the window because he's a magician. So. <laughs> That's true. Well, I think he kind of used magic as like a stone to a wider world because he does like all kinds of things now. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah, sort of like, like how Ron Jeremy all- used his big dick to like you know go from <laughs> porn to mainstream and then to jail. <laughs> 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 so I guess you know Penn still got one up on him in that department. I don't know. I've heard. I haven't heard much good about Penn lately, but hey. Well, apparently, Penn. This is like the weirdest thing I've ever heard about Penn. Apparently, he invented like a special jacuzzi jet that's yep. specifically designed to get women off. Huh. Like it's specifically designed to stimulate the clitoris in like a way to you know give women orgasms. Like apparently, he was hanging out in a hot tub with Debbie Harry, the singer of Blondie. <laughs> And she was, like, sitting on a jet, and she was like, you know, ooh, that's nice. And Penn started thinking, like, huh, we should make, like, a jet that's, you know, made specifically to get women off. And he tried Surprise, to pat- I- patent it and everything. It's crazy. Surprised no one came up with it already. But... Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It seems like, yeah, there's still, like, you know, room to grow and you know, the world of sex toys. There's still innovations to be made. There's horizons to be reached. I think sex just sells. <laughs> Well, of course, like it's easy. Like, just look at it. now, like pe- penis-shaped things are being more accustomed to simple society. You know, it's like, oh, look, a penis cup, a penis bong, a penis. Well, like, you think the you dick know? is becoming like more mainstream? Yeah, dick is the new boob. <laughs> no, it's just gonna like kind of reach the same level as boob. It's like, oh, look, there's a dick. Like, <laughs> well, because yeah, like for a long time, the penis was like, you know, the taboo thing. You never saw like dicks in movies. Like you would see like tits in movies and you would see like, like vagina or whatever. Like, well, you wouldn't see like lips, but you would see like, you know, her snatch or pube. Oh. But like a She's guy, naked. you would never see it. They would always keep like the dick in shadow. It was like, no, we can't show that. That's like. Yeah, no, it's sacred. <laughs> oh, 
honestly, do you want to know? I think why it's sacred. It's just because a lot of guys are insecure about their dicks. Yeah. So they're like, like, we don't want to cross that frontier. <laughs> how do you think girls feel about their tits? Like, well, my tits are different sizes. And so, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Like, girls have like things with their tits. Some girls have small tits or weird tits or like you know one bigger than the other. But I don't know. <laughs> I feel like tits. Like even a girl with like kind of not really good tits, she'll still like even girls with like really small tits can get action. Like I feel like all kinds of tits are welcome, but like dicks are a bit more. <laughs> There's like a psychological baggage tied to the penis. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's like an insecurity because it's like, I don't want to see like an actor's dick and then I find out his dick's bigger than mine and I feel insecure. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like you see like an actor's dick and you're like, holy, he's got nothing going and you look at him differently from now on. Yeah, I just, oh man, that's, what, a, what a fucking piece of shit <laughs> exactly he's got like nothing he's a fucking like two inch chump fuck this guy <laughs> like you know you don't want to get rid of the mystique you got to keep the mystery going you know what i mean like <laughs> it's a cool thing well it's like we see what happened in boogie nights right didn't matter how big your dong was if you're an asshole you're gonna fail anyways <laughs> Well, not not necessarily. He didn't fail because his dick was big. He failed because he was a fucking idiot drug addict. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Having a big cock. Like, you can have a big cock and, you know, make it big as a porn star, but it's your other habits that are going to bring you down and fuck you up. And like, the thing with, like, Dirk Diggler in that movie, he was just, like, too young and too dumb. Like, he was, like, 17 when he got involved in the porn business, for Christ's sake. Right, right. Just pulled off the streets. I could do it. I could do it. Like, well, the, the, the brilliant thing about Boogie Nights, there's like a, a really great moment in Boogie Nights that I love at the beginning. Like he comes home from the club and his mom is like waiting for him and she starts yelling at him and shit. You know, they have a big argument. Yeah. She rips down all the posters and he leaves like he runs out of the house. Yeah. And there's a shot of his mother slamming the door. And the camera immediately cuts to Jack, the film director, opening his door to Dirk. You know, kind of symbolizing the transfer. Like, Jack is his family now. You know, he's abandoned his birth family, and Jack is now his father figure. Damn. So it's a nice little thing, and it's very deliberate. Like, there's a lot of things in Boogie Nights where I look at it, and I'm like, yeah, you can tell it's kind of a young filmmaker. He was experimenting. Some things are too obvious, but it's still a pretty remarkable piece of work. Yeah, and all-star cast, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, the acting elevates it. It's funny, Mark. Like, it's funny because Mark Wahlberg and fucking Burt Reynolds were both ashamed of being in that movie. It's like, dude, those are your best performances ever, and you're ashamed of that. You're dicks. <laughs> yeah, but Burt Reynolds would rather hit women in a movie than like be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> apparently Burt Reynolds he didn't get along with the director like apparently he fucking choked Paul Thomas Anderson on set or something like they had a physical altercation because Burt didn't like the cut of his jib <laughs> what well because Paul Thomas Anderson was only he was like in his 20s when he directed that movie Paul Thomas Anderson was young like he first movie when he was young and he got fucked over by the studio so when he went to make Boogie Nights he was very forceful like, the studio basically took his first movie, Heart 8, away from him, and he had no control over it, and he was really pissed off at the way it turned out. So when Boogie Nights came around, he was like, okay, this is my movie, and I'm going to assert my dominance. So he was very kind of, I think he was kind of cocky, aggressive in the way he did things, and uh -huh. Bert thought that he was just a cocky little shit. He's like, you know, I've had 
directors like i've been directed by like you know some of the greatest directors of all time you're just some fucking young punk off the block you're not going to tell me what to do kind of thing <laughs> that turd ferguson came out <laughs> something like that yeah and apparently he never had anything good to say about it like i don't think he was too happy about the whole you know porno like and years later fucking mark Wahlberg becomes becomes a christian and he's like oh i'm ashamed of the things we did in boogie nights i hope jesus forgives me it's like dude oh, you bad. fucking blinded a guy like when mark Wahlberg was a kid he was like a punk who beat the shit out of people and like he blinded a fucking asian dude in a fucking racist attack like you shouldn't be ashamed of a movie you should be ashamed of the shit you did in real life <laughs> seriously like you're asking ask god for forgiveness for fucking taking a man's sight not for fucking making a fucking movie, you moron. Being a rap star, fucking forgive you for... Such a fucking... Like, Mark Wahlberg is interesting because he's not a bad actor. Like, he's actually... I've seen Mark Wahlberg do good work. Like, I think he's genuinely capable of being a good actor. But he just seems like such a douchey, flighty fucking idiot. And, like... He always wants to be the tough guy. You know what I mean? Like, Boogie yeah, Nights yeah. was interesting because he was vulnerable. You know what I mean? He was vulnerable and emotional and young. But, like, later on, he's like, no, I'm just going to be the tough guy now. Like, dude, you can do more than that. Stop trying to play this one-note fucking jerk-off. <laughs> no pain, no gain. I'm big. I'm strong. God, that <laughs> he was good in The Departed, though. I can't take that away from him. Yeah, with Leo and all that stuff? Yeah. Well, the reason he worked so well in The Departed was because he was part of an ensemble. You know, like, there's so many great actors in that movie. Nicholson, Leo, Damon, fucking Martin Sheen. Like, it's yeah. a crazy cast of amazing actors. So he just fits in really well in there, and he does, he, did, he did a great job with his character. Still a punk. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but what are you going to do? Kick his ass. <laughs> you could try Mark, I'll give him listening. this he seems like he's in good shape and plus you know like I said he has a history of blinding motherfuckers I don't know if I'd want to pick a fight with him Mark if you're listening meet me in the cage yeah Mark <laughs> we know you're a bitch we all saw you get your ass kicked <laughs> in boogie nights when you were stroking your fucking dick <laughs> why didn't you blind those guys tough guy why didn't you blind them with your super cock <laughs> <laughs> Because he's a star, man. He's a superstar. <laughs> the alternate ending, like Dirk Diggler, just like he realizes he can use his penis for the power of good and he becomes like a superhero mega dong. <laughs> yeah, he swims in the waters. <laughs> <Like a shark. laughs> he rides his giant cock like a surfboard. He's just... <laughs> <laughs> Whee! <laughs> See, there was so much potential. He should have made sequels. Instead, he made Magnolia. Never heard of that one. Oh, it's I'm joking. I love Magnolia. Magnolia is a great movie. It's kind of pretentious, but I, I fucking love it. It was the movie that Paul Thomas Anderson made directly after Boogie Nights. It's, uh, it's an interesting movie. It's kind of hard to describe. Like, it doesn't really have a plot. It's kind of like a movie following all these characters over the course of one day. Yeah. And they're all kind of loosely interconnected. It's really good, though. You got Tom Cruise in there. You got Julianne Moore, Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman, William H. Macy. Like, a couple of actors from, like, Boogie Nights came back. But he also brought in, like, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is fucking great in the movie. <laughs> he plays this guy named Frank T.J. Mackey, who's, like, 
he's basically like a sleazy, like, you know, infomercial guy who sells like, you know, I'm going to teach you how to get laid. You know, he has like male seminars to teach guys and he just like treats women like shit. And, you know, but over the course of the movie, you realize that like he has a really fucked up, like kind of history. Like it's, oh, it's such a good movie. Magnolia, come down to me today. Magnolia, just come And then at the end of the movie, frogs fall out of the sky. Like, I'm not making Moses, that up. That happens. Moses, like what? Does, does Moses show up and then save them all? No, but it is a biblical reference, actually. Yeah, I figured. I'm not sure what, what. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not so up on my Bible. The Bible. Today, what are you gonna do? Now all we have is shit. All we have is shitty movies. I saw Jungle Cruise last night. You saw what? Jungle Cruise with The Rock and all that shit. Jungle Cruise. What the fuck? That's a yeah, thing. Yeah, it's with uh, The Rock and Emily Blunt. It's a Disney film. Oh my god. It's it. It tries very hard to be like Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, Can you smell what the rock is cooking? It's a fucking cash in. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. He'll come and beat the shit out of me. He'll come track me down here and like, what'd you say, man? <laughs> I, the rock don't like what, what you've been saying about the rock. <laughs> <laughs> he did like he used to talk about himself in the third person. There's there was a great fucking interview that he did on Opie and Anthony. Like Opie and Anthony was an old radio show. They were like yeah. shock jock assholes. But one time they had the rock in, but they also had another guy in the studio who was like, he was a huge fan of the rock. Like he wanted to be in the studio to meet the rock. He had like a website, but apparently the guy had posted some racist shit on his website. So the rock was like, well, the Rock, you know, The Rock didn't know that this this guy was going to be here. It's been brought to The Rock's attention that uh, you've been posting some racist things on your website, and uh, The Rock doesn't want anything to do with that. And if you two are associated with that, The Rock doesn't want anything to do with you either. And then he just fucking stormed out of the studio. It was great. Boom. That's all he needed to he do, man. He just shut everyone down and fucking ran out. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but he did. He was referring to himself in the third person. He was calling himself The Rock. It was amazing. <laughs> He was in like wrestler mode. That was earlier in his career. He's probably didn't. That's how he, how he wanted to deter the situation. Like maybe. Oh yeah, I can because isn't he like? Isn't he like I, mixed race? I don't. I don't. I, I don't want to sound like a racist. In part Samoans, he's got like. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So. It makes sense that he would be. Yeah. Be sensitive towards that kind of thing. He's kind of like Jimi Hendrix. He's got like you know. Well, as he should be. Like, you know, if I knew some guy was openly, like, posting racist shit, I probably wouldn't want to associate with him either, you know? No. <laughs> Depends on the context. <laughs> like everything, most things, yes. Put it in context and everything will be okay. <laughs> I don't know, like... The old, like, the old great comedians used to do, like, racial humor. Like, you know... <laughs> George Carlin, Check Richard Pryor... <laughs> Yeah, Richard Pryor and Chevy Chase together. <laughs> oh, yeah, on SNL. That was a great bit. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. They actually they, they dropped the N-bomb on fucking SNL. I was actually blown away by that. And they had Chevy Chase say it, too. Like, if it was Richard Pryor saying it, maybe it would be, like, more acceptable. But they had the white dude say it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> well, 
Richard Pryor was saying equally racist shit back and forth. That whole skit, I think, was just to like illuminate like the the, the absurdity of it. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Back when they had balls, like people weren't afraid. Like you know, if we offend you, then we offend you. You know, that's just part of the whole thing. But now everybody's like, fucking terrified. It almost feel like people that would be offended, like aren't the ones speaking up. It's the people, other people that like, aren't offended, are not offended by it, like speaking up for others. Like sometimes. Mm. It's like you shouldn't do that. It offends other people. Does it offend you? Like, no, but <laughs> you shouldn't say that. I think we're probably gonna have a renaissance. We're probably gonna have a time where like really fucked up crude shit becomes mainstream again. Fucked up cruise ship? That's a fucked up cruise ship. We're on a the cruise rocks jungle boat? cruise. Oh no, fuck. I said like fucked up crude shit. Like, you know, weird stuff, you know, like Beavis and Butthead, stuff we had in the nineties, you know. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to come back to that era where people won't afraid. You know, they're not going to be afraid to be edgy. They'll do some cool shit. Who knows? We might be 50 by the time it happens, but it'll come. Hopefully. Anyway, I kind of cut you off with my rock monologue. I'm sorry. What was Jungle Cruise about? <laughs> <laughs> it was basically, it was just kind of like an Indiana Jones movie. It, w- it was all right. I think I fell asleep a quarter of the way through. And woke well, there, up on yeah, the that's a ringing endorsement. What a great <laughs> review. <laughs> it's like Indiana Jones. I fell asleep halfway through. I don't know. It was okay. <laughs> I'm being the honest. I don't like that review. <laughs> no, it was good. Like, from what I can recall, like it was like it was good. It just seemed like a lot of the same stuff happening over and over again or but, is it connected uh, to like the Jungle Book or Jumanji or whatever exactly. fucking other shit movie okay. he was in? They're just after this pedal. There's this pedal. The plot is they're trying to find a pedal that can like save all sickness, sickness in the world. Okay. It's in the Amazon, and like the only a flower way flower pedal. Yeah, like from a tree. Like, okay, why not just like a, a whole tree? I don't know. Whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> but the tree is hard to find. It's deep in the Amazon. There's only like certain people who can get to it. And the rock happens to, you know, ship. A nice uh, swamp boat, capable of doing so, but nice. everything in it wants to kill you, and it's in 3D. So you know the 3D effects were actually admirable. Like, wait, 3D's come a long way since like it started 10 years ago. I fucking hate 3D. I- I'm done with 3D. I swore off 3D forever because the last movie I saw in 3D, I saw Blade Runner 2049 in 3D in the theater, and it fucking stank. <laughs> I didn't see shit. Like, that's a movie that's just not meant for 3D. And I, after that, I'm like, fuck 3D. I'm done with this garbage. It's a fucking yeah. stupid gimmick. Well, I just went to, you know, that's, a, that's the way it was presented. I understand. Yeah, you got, you know, things to do. And the world's kind of opening up again. So you might as well get out there and take advantage. I haven't been to a cinema in fucking probably over exactly. a year. I'm going <laughs> to have to go out there because, man... The last movie I saw in theaters was The Invisible Man, and it sucked. I hated that movie <laughs> so much. Like, that can't be the last movie I see in theaters. I need to fucking clear the slate. Yeah, the new Dune, hopefully. That'll be good. I want to see that. I don't know. Some of, some of the stuff in the new trailer kind of left me iffy, though. Those fuckers. They should just, like, do one little tiny, like... Tiny, like no leaks, no nothing. Don't give them anything else. Just give them that one fucking thing and let people sit in and watch it. Let them be amazed by the first view. Well, they did that already. Like they they fucking released the original teaser trailer for Dune a year ago. Like the movie was supposed to come out like a year ago. 
So they originally released like a small teaser that didn't really have much to do, just like little stuff to give you, you know, a teaser. But then recently they were like, okay, we've been blue balling people for fucking over a year with this. So let's just make a really cool trailer that has a bunch of stuff from the movie. And I'm telling you, as someone who's read the book, like I was looking at this trailer and I'm like, holy fuck, they're giving away like most of the story in the trailer. It's insane. Like this trailer gives away way too much. Those fuckers. But then again, for people who haven't read the book or haven't seen the original movie, they probably won't know what the fuck's going on anyway. Like, even yeah. if they, like, Dune is fucking hard to get your head around, so people are going to have trouble with this one. Suckers. <laughs> well, the best part about it is you got, like, Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya in there, and, you know, they're kind of young, hot stars, so all the fucking Zoomers love them. So you're going to have all these young kids going in to see Dune because they want to see these two actors, and they're what the fuck is this movie even about? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't underestimate it. Maybe they will know, understand. Maybe they'll be like, well, maybe no. they will know. Yeah, but I'm, I'm telling you, like, I, I I don't want to underestimate people, but people tend to have trouble fucking grasping the most basic of shit. They don't know. Yeah, well, everything is shit. It's oversaturated with it. So I don't even know what good it is anymore. Like, no, good could just be like, yeah, and the original Dune isn't that hard to understand. Like, the original Dune, like, a lot of the stuff surrounding the lore is very complicated. Like, it takes place in the year 10,000 when fucking humanity has spread out throughout the galaxy and we've colonized all these other planets. And uh, also, there was, like, a whole war with computers, so computers don't exist anymore. And it's pretty insane. But the actual, like, plot of Dune is pretty simple. Like, it's a story of a young man who kind of discovers he has, like, certain special abilities, and he suffers, like, hum- a lot of tragedy, and he ends up becoming a great leader. But that's only the beginning. Like, later on, you find out that, uh, yeah, not such a great leader. Some of the shit he did was actually pretty horrible. No! Yeah, in the sequel, we find out that he unleashed a jihad that basically wiped out, like, millions of people. <laughs> shit. So now they're coming I don't back. want to give away too much of the movie, but some of the shit that happens is insane. And also, a lot of Dune is actually based on, uh, it's based on, like, the story of Muhammad. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there that's very inspired by Islam. Yeah, like, there's a, like, like, Paul Atreides, the main character, is kind of like a Muhammad-type figure. Like, he's a, like, he comes from, he comes from the desert and he leads, like, a a race of like desert dwelling people in a religious war against like an oppressive people, but it turns into this uncontrollable jihad that spreads throughout the galaxy. And like so many people are killed in his name and he has to kind of do it because he's foreseen the future. And he realizes that humanity is eventually going to go completely extinct. And in order to prevent that from happening, he has to take very drastic steps but in the end he's not even capable of doing what he has to do like the final step taking the golden path he can't do that so his son winds up having to do it like the story gets passed down to his son later on sounds like an adventure time it's pretty wild but yeah some of the new trailer looked a bit weird like some Power Rangersy, like the suits look too stupid. Power Rangers, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, like in the final shot of the trailer, you see fucking Paul fighting in this 
mechanized suit and like the fucking mask just like uncoils it, it looks like power rangers i'm like that's not if that's a still suit that's not what they look like just as a book fan i'm looking at that and i'm like what the fuck is this <laughs> like that looks really cheesy oh and they're already planning a sequel and a prequel spinoff series well they kind of have to because the movie is only going to be covering the first half of the book like at the okay. very least they need to do the second half because the second half is when the really cool shit happens holy fuck I'm hoping they get a huge budget for the second half because holy fuck, it would be awesome. Like, there's you some crazy it, battles. It says here that they were planning on having it in an IMAX filming and screening process. Yeah, yeah, that's tech wank. Who cares? As long as the fucking movie's good, I don't care how it looks, <laughs> man. I'll watch it on a fucking Timex. I don't care. I just want the movie to be good. Oh my goodness. I'll watch it on a fucking Tamagotchi. You remember those stupid little things we used to play with in the 90s? Oh, yeah, those little <laughs> tiny ones. Like, would give it life. If you didn't feed it, it would die within like Yeah, exactly. Your Tamagotchi has died. Oh, no. Let me go no! buy another one of these cheap mass-produced pieces of shit and kill it. It was alive for like two days, man. I fucking missed yeah, it. Yeah, man. My Tamagotchi. I had such a bond. Broke my heart. <laughs> what a silly fucking product. <laughs> Well, it's a nurturing. It's like home ec. It's made to be disposable, though. And it's essentially like, oh, your Tamagotchi died? Go buy a new one. Like, they just came up with the perfect scam to keep selling this dumb shit to children <laughs> like they do with Pokemon cards. Morons. Actually, Pokemon cards are worth a lot of money. Well, now, yeah, the original ones. Because no one gave a fuck about it in the old days. Everyone's like, what's this stupid weeb shit? Fuck you. None of the comic book nerds took it seriously. So now those cards are worth a fucking truckload. What is this Pikachu? Fuck Pikachu. I want Thor's hammer, man. I want Mjolnir. I'm a metalhead and I read comic books and I'm 35. Fucking losers. (laughs) We mean that the nicest way. Yeah, no offense, losers. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just tired of these fucking metalhead hipsters who are like, there's all these fucking douchebags in their 40s. Like, they're they're approaching 40, and they're still wanking off about comics and shit they read when they were children. Like, move the fuck on with your life. Who cares about this Marvel DC shit? You're a fucking grown man. Pay your mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about something useful, whining about fucking children's shit. Oh, my Star Wars isn't good enough. My Star Wars, meh. Space ninjas with magic powers and laser swords. It needs to be perfect, meh. (laughs) Fucking douchebags. Sorry, I'm on a tear today. I'm tired. I worked fucking 16 hours. I'm pissed off. You were telling me earlier about the fucking... you had to work a double shift, but without notice, like... I didn't quite have to work a double. Like, basically, I went in for an 11-hour shift. And, you know, I'm waiting for the shift to end. It was supposed to end at fucking 7 o'clock. And then the motherfucker who was supposed to replace me, he didn't. He, he just didn't come in, and he didn't call in sick. Like, when you're not coming into work, you got to call in at least eight hours early so they have time to find a fucking replacement. They couldn't find a fucking replacement, 
So I ended up having to sit there for another five hours. <laughs> I didn't even get replaced. They ended up having to let me go because they can't make you work more than 16 in a day. It's <laughs> if they could have kept me there, they would have. <laughs> so what's the difference if you would have left like five or five hours earlier? Exactly. It's total bullshit. Like you, and you want to know the funniest part? I did fuck all while I was there. I literally sat on my ass and I went outside to chain smoke cigarettes. Pissed off. That's all I did. <laughs> Like, what's the point of me even being here? Oh, the cigarettes saved my life, though, man. Like, I went to work last night with half a pack, and I smoked it all night. And when I, at the end of my shift, I had one smoke left. And then I find out I got to stay for uh, more hours. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I got to stay here with no cigarettes. But thankfully, there was a store next door, and I just ran right in and bought a pack. And I swear to God, it was like heaven. It's like manna in the desert, man. It's like fucking the most beautiful thing in the world. Like, I know all of you non-smoking, healthy pussies out there won't understand. You think smokers are the devil. You think we're the worst people imaginable and we're destroying ourselves in the world. But I'm telling you, man, you don't know how fucking good it feels when you're in a stressful situation just to have that. It's amazing. And you don't know it, so you can't judge it. So suck me. <laughs> Sorry, another rant. I'm tired of these non-smokers too. It's okay to be a non-smoker, but you don't have to be so fucking dickish about it. Yeah. Well, it's just smoke because you need to, want to, like to. Okay. Whatever. Like, I'm not gonna go blow it in your face. Like, Jesus. Like, What's I stay thing? away from people. I go like the way I smoke my cigarettes in peace. Like, leave me alone. Like, look at all the fucking cars shitting out exhaust into the air. You're not worried about that, you fucker. <laughs> Or to me, it's like if I always feel guilty if I'm having a cigarette and I see the smoke go towards a non-smoker. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to stand uh, downwind. Well, yeah, I do the same thing. Like, I, I'm conscientious. Conscientious. And that's why I kind of feel annoyed when I hear all these sanctimonious non-smokers. Like, man, I look out. I fucking look for a nice corner. I go out of my way. I don't blow my smoke at anybody. I'm just trying to do my thing and ease my stress. Like, I'm not trying to look cool. I don't give a fuck what you think. Like, isn't that the stupidest thing? People think that you start smoking to look cool. It's like, yes, I got myself addicted to a fucking deadly substance that because I want you to think I'm cool. I care that much about what you think of me that I got myself addicted to a fucking deadly. It's such a stupid <laughs> logic. Like, no, I didn't fucking start smoking to impress a bunch of dicks I could care less about. I'm not a fucking child. Well, most people start smoking for their own reasons. <laughs> some of it, well, like, it, it, smoking to impress. And you can tell the fucking fake smokers from the non-smokers. Like, oh, you know, yeah. in high school, you got those kids who, you know, they'll smoke a cigarette now and then to be cool, but they don't fucking pick up the habit. They just do it around people to be cool. They're not going to go fucking buy a pack. That's a real mm -hmm. smoker. Someone who enjoys it so much that they're, I'm going to go buy a pack for myself as soon as I'm of age. That's a fucking <laughs> smoker through and through, baby. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Well, Canadian government's gonna shut us down. <laughs> ah, fuck them. We'll grow our own tobacco, motherfucker. You won't make a dime. <laughs> Suck my ass. Take it, Trudeau. Take it, baby. Mm. <laughs> oh, fuck. That was just fine. I taste it every night anyway, bent over, you fucking. Jeez, I'm on a tear today. I'm really angry. I'm burning every down. No, no, this you're fucking. Like the, the rage episode. This is top dollar fucking comedy here. <laughs> exactly. This is this is the golden content, baby. 
We're talking the real shit. Talking about the fucking a- c- 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 cunts out there. I don't know, man. I try to be like, you know, you try to be the shepherd and, you know, the tyranny of evil men and all that bullshit, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> no. I can't even recite it. I'm too burned out. Blah. You're the weak and I'm the tyranny of evil men. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. And I guess that's what it's all about. But really, should you shepherd scumbags? Like, I don't well, know. Well, when the timing's right, you do it one time. I can't guess. Say it's it's like, in a, in a sense, I, I, I can kind of understand Jules' logic in the scene. He's like, I could just kill these two fucking people really easy. But you know what? I don't want to kill anybody else. I'm going to talk them into leaving, and no one else is going to get killed. Like, the scene is still kind of silly, because they're just sitting there, and, like, the fucking cops could bust in at any minute and arrest you. Like, you guys just committed multiple murders that day. Like, it seems kind of silly that you're just hanging out having this philosophical conversation. But, you know, it's a movie, and I it, I get it. Yeah, time slows down. I'm having to talk yeah, right now. Good stuff. It's like an ocean of time. I love bacon so much. His name is Robert Paulson. <laughs> <laughs> Robert. That was like Meatloaf's best moment. I hate Meatloaf's music, but he was great in Fight Club. I recently won a competition at uh, the uh, local um, uh, weed place here. They're looking for a name for their delivery vehicle because they're, they're allowed to deliver weed now. Nice. The Skunkmobile. I call it the Cannabis. Nice. See, that's creative. <laughs> and I got a free bone. I did. And it's good because if people, you know, if some fucking asshole tries to hassle you and like, hey, that's offensive, you can be like, no, it's Canada Bus. Get it? <laughs> Canada Bus. <laughs> yeah. It's got multiple meanings. Fuck you. <laughs> Leave me alone, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's brilliant. I salute you. They got they gave you a free bong. No no green though, eh? No green. Ah, fucking bastard. They're not legally allowed to give you some green. Yeah, I know. They can't do it. They probably would if they could. But a bong, that's good. Nice bong. How many bongs you got at this point though? You must be like the bong master. <laughs> uh you got four, I guess. I don't know. There you go. That's crazy. I can't even fit that many bongs. They get in the way. Well, they, they get old. I toss them out. You know. Yeah, 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 you gotta keep them that's aside. What I, that's what annoys me about bongs. They're just kind of so disposable and kind of a lot of them are shitty. You find well, a good I, bong, it's good, but it's hard. I think I figured out what size I like at this point. Nice. The, the temp, like the, the temping of the glass as well. Big, big thing. Rib the glass. For extra pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm sure they make bongs like that too. Definitely. Make a there you go. Make a bong that doubles as a sex toy. See, we're back to pen. We're back to pen Gillette territory now. We're innovators. Yeah, fucking turn, turn a bong <laughs> into a penis. A penis bong. I'm sure someone's probably done that. Some fucking owner was like, you know, eating out his girlfriend. There's one. one at the what to do. <laughs> there's one of the weed shop. There's like pick any bong you want. I looked around. I'm like, ah. Like, no, not that one. Hey, what's this one? Oh, next to it. Cool. They let you pick one? That's pretty generous. Nice. 
Yeah. I thought they just gave you one of their shit bongs. Like, here's one of our cheap ones. But no, they actually let you pick one. Well, bongs aren't that expensive anymore. They're like, it seems like now that's legal, like the bongs, instead of being like, if you buy 500 bucks for a bong, you're getting like a eight foot tall bong at this point. Like, you know. Well, yeah. Well, some bongs are like works of art, man. I remember when I went to Toronto, the bongs out there, some of them were crazy expensive, but they were crazy wild. Like, just having it as an art piece would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't go for those ones. I just want to fucking. Bomb you, you want practical. You want you're all business, baby. Yeah, let's go. This, is, this looks great. Yeah, all percolator. That you know how hard that is to clean. Fuck that. Okay, no, exactly. That's it. Exactly. These fucking crazy snake ass bombs. Like I'm gonna have like how many sessions with this thing before it just becomes fucking unusable. <laughs> Well, you clean it. Like, yeah, well, like, we all know how, fu- how fucking tarry this shit is. Like, I don't <laughs> got fucking two hours to clean this motherfucker, man. I'm a stoner. <laughs> how lazy I am. Like, this whole reason I started smoking weed. Now I got more work to clean this fucking bong out. Just let me hollow out a fucking apple. I'll smoke it that way. Give me apple a fucking ball? soda can. Those things are always nice. <laughs> apple bong. What, an apple bong? Yeah. Yeah, it was the most convenient. It's you know quick on the go. You can just like I remember, I remember working. It's a good at, thing to do in high school. You know, you're smoking from the apple bong, and if the teacher shows up, you just ditch the cherry and bite it, and you're like, we're just eating an apple. Yeah. We're not smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I worked at the grocery store. You know, sometimes I'd get off work and then fucking I'd uh just have, grab an apple out of sharpie in my pocket all the time. So, just poke a hole in one end, poke a hole in the other, smoke it like a pipe. Damn, that's impressive. I wish I was, I'm, I'm not that much of an innovator, man. I'm like, I'm classic. I need to like, I'm just going to bring my fucking papers and roll one up. <laughs> I wish I could just grab a piece of fruit and improvise a pipe, but I'm not that kind of guy. I just, I didn't never like the way it smelled when I smelled it. I smoked the joint. It does joint. Yeah. A pipe you can hit like one time real quick. And then after that, all the smoke goes, goes to hit. You're good to go. You ever do hot knives? Oh, all the time. Love that shit. I think I did them like once or twice. Eh. If we have hash, like hot knives are the way to go. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, it's nice oh, and yeah. direct, direct right into you. Yeah. yeah, and there's no like you're not losing anything. You're not wasting. It's, it's pretty yeah, full. Exactly. It's, Foolproof. You get, you do you get to, like the fucking? Do you get the toilet paper roll and you're in there like? You do it that way. <laughs> you can do it that way, or some people they grab like water bottles and cut like cut the bottom out like a bucket, and then you just do it like over in the air. So like that makes sense. Yeah, like a funnel. Just do it the Corey and Trevor way. They just fucking held it up to their mouth and inhaled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually, yeah, usually if you like, if the hot knives are hot enough, you can just like tap that, tap the uh, little hash puck. And then just like put your mouth over it slowly, and go it for up. it. And really, and really play easy. Hash <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, that's my that's goal. Like, no who problem. comes up with that? That's like some serious stoner engineering. Hash hockey was just making hash pucks and playing hockey. Like, well, I know, but it's like that's like that's an like that that requires like some thought. Like you're just chilling, smoking some hash, and you're like, hey, you know what would be great? We take that old fucking NHL game and we make some hash hockey. Like, I wonder who <laughs> came up with that. 
You think it was Ricky or Bubbles? Probably Bubbles. Yeah. Maybe it was a joint effort. Get it? Yeah. Joint? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kill me. Jungle Cruise was full of that shit. Full of just like random puns. Like almost too many. They stacked them really high. I know. Over. It's, it's the lowest form of humor. It's hardly humorous. <laughs> it's hardly humorous. <laughs> That's great. That was alliterative. I love it. <laughs> That'd be like a great review. Just like right on the front page. Hardly humorous. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I don't know, man. A lot of CGI and like it's just it's tough, man. It's tough for people to make good films these days. It's because they're fucking creatively bankrupt dick fucks. At least Wes Anderson's gonna make a movie of Tom Hanks next. Woo! Gives a fuck. Wes Anderson oh, cashed in his chips a long time ago. Fuck that guy. What? Sorry, I gave up on Wes Anderson after fucking Life Aquatic, man. He stopped interesting me. What about oh, yeah, the Grand Budapest I couldn't get into? Grand Budapest was in, had some okay moments. But yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox. That one was intriguing. I never saw it. Liked it. Moonrise Kingdom was like okay. I don't yeah. know. Like that's the thing is movies have just been like okay. Like I really like Bottle Rocket. I really like uh fucking uh, the, the, the Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. Rushmore, like Life Aquatic. Those are great movies. But after that, it's kind of eh, nah, you crawled up your own ass. Yeah, he's just trying different shit. Oh yeah, fucking the the, the Royal Tenenbaums is great. Ben I Stiller, it's so he just seems so real in it. It just seems like who he is. <laughs> and then... Well, it's like it's a great movie because a lot of it's like inspired by J.D. Salinger, who wrote like The Catcher in the Rye, and like J.D. Salinger was like this really weird author. He was reclusive. He only wrote a couple books, and he fucking hated Hollywood. Like The Catcher in the Rye is one of the most famous novels of all time, but. Since he hated Hollywood and movies, he never wanted it to be made into a movie. So there's a lot of people who are kind of heavily inspired by his work, but they don't, like, outright adapt it kind of thing. Right. So there's a lot of Salinger in there. Like, a lot of, like, he kind of tweaked it and put in some interesting stuff. And fucking great music, too. That movie has so much amazing music in it. Nick Drake, Velvet Underground, fucking Rolling Stones, man. You got Ruby Tuesday in there. You got so much good shit. I think I actually love, like, the Stones. I like the Stones as, like, slower romantic ballads more than their, like, rock stuff. Like, I like Ruby Tuesday. I like Wild Horses. They have a song from early in their career called Tell Me that I really like. It's, it's almost like a Beatle-ish pop song, but it sounds really good. Like, Mick Jagger's kind of singing in this low voice. It's a great song. I guess, yeah, they hadn't really found their style yet. Yeah, they were kind of experimenting. Well, it's it's still, like, distinctly Stones-like. It's still got a bit of that swag to it. But, yeah, it's a bit more popish than their usual kind of, you know, R&B. But it's a great song. Like, really, great, like, great All lyrics, songs great songs probably written by Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> Those songs are probably written by Paul McCartney together back in the day i wouldn't be surprised they did like trade songs lots back oh yeah 
Well, yeah, because that's the thing. Like, the Beatles and the Stones, like, in the media, they had, like, a rivalry going on. Like, you know, they played them off each other. Like, the Beatles were the nice, clean-cut guys, and the Stones were the, you know, dirty rock and rollers. But they actually got along really well. Like, <laughs> like I think it was mostly hyped up in the media, but the band members all got along well and liked each other. They partied together. They wrote music together. Yeah, it says here that... Um both bands started playing blues, skiffle, and most importantly, covers, but the Beatles started writing music very early on, which yeah, became Beatles a Yeah, writing songs before. Yeah. Including for the Rolling Stones. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, the Beatles wrote for the Stones. The Stones were kind of, yeah, like, when the when the Stones started out, they were very Beatles-ish. Like, they had, like, suits on and everything. They had the clean-cut image. They did that for like a few shows and then their manager was like, fuck that. We need to just, you know, this is not you guys. We need to just present you as you are. So that's where the kind of dirty ruffian thing came about. I was robbed in the skin, making my good is all right. Yeah. In fact, it's a gas, but it's all right. Backlash, I should smack up my ass. <laughs> I'm sure Keith Richards did that a few times when he couldn't find a vein. Just put it up me ass, mate. It's all fine and jelly. Well, apparently him, what he talks about is like, oh, like everybody else like thought I party all the time. It's like, well, I did all the time, but I had my own pace. I wouldn't be like fucking going overboard all the time. <laughs> well, the crazy like, thing about him was, yeah, like, because he was like when he was really drugged out he was also really creative like in his book he talks about how he had like the perfect mix <laughs> like he had to get like the perfect mix of heroin and cocaine which would allow him to just like work really well and do like really amazing music if he couldn't <laughs> get it like right he would be fucked up but he was like a chemist dude he had this shit figured out that's, yeah that's what i heard he's like everybody else everybody else he party with oh they didn't party much with him but whenever they did they'd go like they want to be as hardcore as him, so they do a lot more than him. And he's just like, no, like I got my pace, man. I got my fucking. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, apparently he wrecked John Lennon a lot. <laughs> like John Lennon, John Lennon used to come hang out, and he would try to like keep up with Keith and do heroin and shit. He couldn't really do it, and he would get sick and all fucked up. <laughs> Have to be carried out. <laughs> I think that oh, was man. during like his Yoko period. After you know, he went through that kind of heroin phase there. Yeah. He milked it. That's the thing. Like, John Lennon did a bit of heroin and fucking milked it really hard. Keith Richards did heroin all the time. It was just his life, you know? It wasn't a phase for him. <laughs> but it's kind of interesting. Like, you look at Keith Richards' life and you can kind of see, like, the evolution of, like, substance abuse and fucking popular culture history. Like, you know, he starts off with, like, weed and pills and then, like, you know, the cocaine and the heroin and all the other crazy shit. Like, he really took the elevator all the way up. <laughs> Ain't no better way to fly, fly, fly away. Ain't no way to fly away. Ain't no other way. It's like, uh, jump, they never go. They never try to get in the pain. Do, 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 do. Ah. Yeah, just wrote a song. 
You just made that up? I thought you were covering, yeah. like, a Stones tune or something. Nope. Just fucking random. Well, there you go. Impromptu musical performance. I, I was like, maybe I should interrupt him, but I was like, nah, I'll let him go. <laughs> <laughs> let this moment be preserved for time and material. <laughs> But see, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's how easy it is to write a song. You just sit there and, you know, make up a beat and hum some shit, and there you go. You're halfway there. Smoke the right amount of joints and bongs. And... Hey, it worked for Iggy Pop, man. Yeah. Like, apparently oh, that's what blew Iggy Pop's mind. Like, somebody get, like, he was hanging out with a chick, and she gave him a joint, and he'd never smoked weed before, so he went down to the river, and he smoked the joint, and that's when it all came together. He's like, I gotta start a band and I'm gonna make like my own blues. Like that was his version of punk. He just wanted it to be like the early blues where it was very simple and very raw, and that's where kind of the punk rock grew from. Oh shit. <laughs> I think he smoked a joint. There you go. And people say weed is bad. Weed is bad. If Iggy hadn't smoked that joint, he'd still be playing the fucking drums for some shit cover band. <laughs> And musical history would be much worse for it. Is he still touring or is he dead? No, he's around. Oh, no, Iggy's still around. I don't know if he's touring, though. He still does shit, though. He's still fairly active. Pop he outlived fucking Reed and Bowie, man. I'm sure a lot of that surprised a lot of people. Iggy Pop is currently touring across 12 countries and has 26 upcoming concerts. Holy fuck, man. He is touring. Look at this beast. <laughs> Iggy can't be stopped. <laughs> he really can. He's amazing. I've always admired him. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> well, you know, he was kind of, you know, he seems like he's, he seems like he's come to a good place in his life. He's like, you know, the better, the better Iggy. Now I want to be a dog in Europe. That was good. That was a good Iggy. (laughs) (laughs) He's touring Europe next year. Oh, good for him, man. He's like, fuck COVID. I'm going out there. I'm going to go sing and put my dick out. 2nd, 2022. Look at him bossing, man. Well, that's the thing. That's what keeps him alive, man. Fucking Lou Reed and David Bowie stopped touring as much, and they both died. What does that tell you? Fucking Iggy's going out there. He's not keeping fucking idle. We gotta keep playing. That's like, even like, isn't Keith Richard not Keith Richard is a fucking Mick Jagger? Like he still does. Dance. Yeah, they're still touring, and he still does dance routines and fucking like hardcore. Like still moves like he used to. How the fuck does he do it? He must I drink think- the blood of infants to keep himself useful. Maybe, yeah, he's working with the shit. Yeah, he's working with the Queen. and Yeah, exactly. They knighted him. They fucking ind- inducted him into their secret unholy ceremonies. Underneath Big Ben. Those evil English bastards. We should have wiped them all out, I tell ya. <sighs> They're just oh. the French anyway. Remember your history, baby. I know my history. Well, it's kind of funny when I think about it. Like, you know how many, like, words in the English language are kind of, like, spawned from French? Or, like, there's even a lot of just French words that are used in the English language all the time. You know, like, maitre d', sous chef. 
stock, courts, like, you know, all kinds of just French terms that are just regularly used in the English lexicon. Stop. <laughs> Weird. Well, I think English is like, was built to be a language of like business, right? And I think it's mostly like Greco, Greco-Roman. Oh shit, here we go. Linguistics with Paul. This is going to be great. German influence. <laughs> There's lots of German in, into it. Listen, it was William Shakespeare in the year 13,000. He invented the English language. And no, then the French stole it from him, and they pretended like they invented it. It was all a big smear campaign. And then Winston Churchill became a robot, and he fought Godzilla Hitler and <laughs> after the world was destroyed. No! And then Clinton and Bush had a fucking three-way with Mother Teresa, and the gods wept, and the demons sprang to the earth. And that's why we live in this horrible place we're in now. It was all because of that. And it's because English is a Germanic language, right? German-based? Yeah, I think. I don't know. See, I can't agree with you because I, I'm not sure. I'm going to look like an idiot by proxy. English is a Germanic language with a grammar and core vocabulary inherited from Proto-Germaniac. Excellent. The influence of Latin and English, therefore, is primarily lexical in nature, being confined mainly to words derived from Latin and Greek roots. <laughs> I guess, yeah. We owe it all to the Germans. We shouldn't have kicked them down so much. It wasn't us to begin with. Yeah. It was the French. Nah. Nah, we surrendered, man. We're pussies. Nah. We're just trying to keep shit real. Well, what are you going to do? To be fair, like, it was the government. Like, not all of France wanted to surrender. Like, France literally fractured because of that decision. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the people did not fucking give up. Yeah, it's true. The government's like, okay, we're out. And people still fought. But yeah, that's when de Gaulle, like, didn't he? De Gaulle formed, like, Free France. And he's like, yeah, this is the real France. We're fucking resisting the Nazis. Yeah. That was, Neither. like, his finest moment. As it should be. Like, that's what's crazy about World War II. Like, so many, like, leaders and people kind of step forward and prove themselves. Like, you know, that's why World War II is kind of romanticized and remembered as this great war. Because... I think it's because there was just, like, a really clear enemy to fight. Well, like, even during the Second World War, when Christmas came, everyone stopped and had dinner together. Like, yeah, you know, they, oh, that's they, nice. There was, like, there was, like, a treaty. There was, an, a, you know, a common understanding. Okay, like, you know, that's a, that's a thing. I think by the end of it, like, none of them wanted to fucking actually be at war anymore. <laughs> Fall orders and shit. And it's just well, like, by the end of it, they fucking yeah. I'm sure they didn't want to be in the war when the fucking Red Army was smashing through Berlin and they were blowing their brains out. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh fuck, I didn't want this. <laughs> this was not supposed to happen. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> Bye, yeah. mein Gott. The Reich is fallen. So unprecedented, mein Führer. <laughs> 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 the Reich is falling. What do we do? Manfira, what do we do? I think he's dead. He shot himself Quick. hours ago. Who are you talking to? Give him more cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a crazy time, though. Like, human history is just filled with so much crazy shit when you think about it. Like, wow, what a tapestry we've woven. And we only know so much. 
right? Yeah, it's true. It's like we're, well, we're taught. The truth will always be obscured. What we're taught in school is very cookie cut. You know, like, yes. They just kind of go over it. This is what happened, and this is how it happened, and then this happens. Like, yeah. Like two plus two equals four. What is that shit? Come on. Yeah, man. Our, my, account, my accountant told me I can make it anything I want it to be. Yeah, exactly. They've been lying to us. They're trying to make us slaves to these numbers. We need to enslave the numbers again, and we will bend the numbers to our will. Or something. I don't know. And. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What? what? You guys got a lot of smoke in Ottawa yet? Smoke? Yeah, is it smoky there? Eh, not really. Why? Okay, well, just, the whole country's on fire, man. Really? I didn't know oh. that. I don't pay we attention to these things. Everywhere. It's on fire everywhere. See, th- this is why the rest of the country hates Ottawa. Because we just sit here and we're indifferent. <laughs> yeah, you guys are surrounded by water, so you're, you know, you're, you're all right. Yeah, we don't give a fuck. Screw you, rest of Canada. <laughs> Active fires. That is pretty crazy, though. It's scary. Like, all these fucking trees going out, these forests, people dying. Well, I'll tell you what the fucking problem is. It's, uh... We keep planting fucking trees that don't that don't have high moisture content, so they just fucking <sighs> everything goes up. If we and then we always kill off the poplars and like the weed trees, as they call them, and like that. We need to make the trees moist. Well, just, we need more biodiversity. We keep cutting down the forest and then just planting the same like trees all in the same row. And, like there's no diversity, so that you know there's no once one catches, all the whole fucking load catches. Yes. We have to plant cacti and palm trees. Yes. And we will alter these biomes. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a problem. What can you do? Uh, they got to get those smoke jumpers out there. That wouldn't be a bad job. That wouldn't be a bad job. That'd be scary as hell. What, fire jumping? Yeah, man. Nah. I hate fire. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you're, you're covered with the right gear. You're safe. Yeah, they won't, let, they won't let you do something stupid. Nah, yeah, you're right. But I might make me do something stupid because I, I am stupid. Get the fuck out of here! Ah! Yeah. <laughs> you cannot trust your own brain. How about this? We're about to fucking die! <laughs> Whatever happened to Chris Tucker? He got too busy doing the moonwalk. <laughs> he moonwalked into another plane of existence. He's like, fuck you, I don't need Hollywood. Nope. Say, I'm out. Out. I don't know. You think maybe Michael Jackson's death kind of affected him and he's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to step sure. back. Sure. One hundred percent. And that affects a lot of people. Because I was watching clips from Rush Hour earlier, like earlier today, and I'm like, he is fucking really good. Like Chris Tucker is like an underrated comedic actor. He was so fucking good in like almost everything he did. And he he was like his own character. He does well, man. He does well. 
know, he just, he had, like, this really, like, great, unique kind of energy, like, especially in the Rush Hour movies. Like, you know, Jackie Chan's kind of a funny guy, too. Like, you know, even a lot of the older martial arts movies he made had, like, comedic kind of slapstick edge to them. So you take a guy like Jackie Chan and you put him with a guy like Chris Tucker and, like, you know, they can play really well off each other. And I think the thing that really sold those movies was just chemistry between them. They they played really well together. Yeah, and they ended up being really good. It did. And, like, the in that first movie, it was really authentic because, like, they that's how the relationship actually developed throughout the film. You know, like, Jackie didn't speak much English at the time. <laughs> And Chris Tucker's like, do you understand? It was like pretty what much like that real. <laughs> that is pretty impressive, though. I, I'm surprised. English. He seemed to like have a pretty good script. Oh, but then again, he's been an actor for years. Like he can respond a different language. But you've seen like a, like in the bloopers, like my daddy wants. What? Cash? Yeah, yeah. He was having trouble with the. So like he still had a hard time like pr- pronunciating words and stuff at the time. Like he was like he could speak English, but not 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 Hollywood English. I remember one of the bloopers. He just runs into like something and bangs his head, and like one of the crew members is like, Are "You okay?" And he's like, "Oh, Jackie, always okay." Yeah. And he just <laughs> laughed it off. <laughs> don't don't stop! Like, don't laugh. Compared to some don't of the move. shit he's, you're like, yeah, that's nothing, man. <laughs> So, you okay, man? Like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, Never mind. Fine. He was trying to jump through a window or something. Something <laughs> like that. Like, he's had crazy shit. Like, one time he fractured his skull and he had, like, brain hemorrhage or something because he missed a jump. Like, man, on, on, on really, I think it was, like, a uh, police story two or something like that. Like, yeah, something like that. He, like, jumped yeah, I remember, I think the angry video game nerd talked about it, right? We both saw that same video. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 ABGN guy, yeah. Yeah, I remember ABGN did like a rundown about all the injuries he suffered, and yeah, he missed that jump on one of the police story movies and fucked himself up bad. Yeah, puncture, put a big hole in his head, pretty much. Yeah, he like, lived though, man. What an Iron Man! Holy fuck! And like, he didn't give a shit. He's like, I want to jump through actual glass. Like, okay, go for it. Oh fuck! Yeah, that slides down. Holy yeah. shit! That's crazy. They'd never let you do it in America. They'd be like, no fucking way. Get out of here. Well, that, that movie was made, what, in the 80s, I think? Yeah, in the 80s. Late, maybe late 70s, early 80s? Like, yeah, around you know, then. Mostly 80s, I think. Like, he started off after, like, uh, Jackie... Ch- after, he started really after Bruce Lee died. Yeah. Like, That's he thing, actually like- started off his career in a couple of Bruce Lee movies random goons who got punched and like stuntmen back then like we don't really use stuntmen anymore because it's too much of a liability but like now holy fuck they still use stuntmen now big time really oh hell must be they don't let actors do anything because that's the thing like the actors are insured ass if the actors get hurt that fucks up the whole production so i'm telling you like they don't want the actors doing fuck all. Like, I remember, like, fucking Simon Pegg. Like, when they made Shaun of the Dead, there's, like, a moment where he jumps over a fence and he falls or something like that. Yeah. And, like, one of the producers was like, no, you can't. And he's like, come on, it's just a little thing. And, like, he had to argue with the producer, let him do it, because the producer's like, no, you can't get hurt. It'll ruin the movie. Like, they do not want their actors getting hurt. So they'll shove a stuntman in there any place they can. 
Pussies. Man, take a piss. You might hurt your dick. All those big fucking stars in yeah. Hollywood, in the movies, in the past, they all did their own stunts. Not all of them. A lot of them? Oh, come on. Well, like, you got, like, your Tom Cruise. But even then, I don't think Tom Cruise does as many of the stunts as he claims he does. I'm sure he's got fucking stuntmen filling in, too. Give me a break. Fucking dwarf. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I was praising Tom Cruise earlier, and now I'm bashing him. That's how crazy I flipped the switch. I'm fucking bipolar. <laughs> You're as bipolar as ice. You really well, look, just I like listen. I think Tom Cruise is an actor. I think he's done a lot of great work, but as a person, he's a douchebag. I think we can all agree on that. He's also a Scientologist. Yeah, whatever. Like I'm not gonna harp on him for Scientology. Like he's in a stupid religion. Whatever. That's his choice. He's just like a douchebag in general. That's my problem with him. I don't care about his faith. If he wants to be part of a wacky church, let him be. But. Just that he acts like such a douche, and he seems like a really fucking condescending, arrogant cunt. Yeah. Yeah. He's a scientist. Like, he just seems like he's not a real person. Like, he's never, like, he's never just on an keel. He's all like, like, I think he's a real guy. Like, I think he's like fucking Jimmy Jr. in fucking Tropic Thunder. He's like, I might be nobody. Like, he doesn't know who the fuck he is. He's all over the map. Actor. Yeah. Well, he's good at pretending everything he does. Well, Tom Cruise has kind of been all over the map. He's kind of like you know he's done some serious acting. He's done some action shit. Has he ever done like a really? Uh no. Eh. Maybe Tro- Tropic Thunder, but like. Tom Cruise wasn't in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, he's the fucking he's the bald guy. Oh, like... Fuck! Holy fuck! What the fuck is wrong with me? How could I forget? <laughs> that's like, holy shit I can't believe I forgot Tom Cruise is in Tropic Thunder you want to know why I forgot because he's fucking unrecognizable like literally it's <laughs> impossible to tell it's him Jesus until you read yeah until you see the fucking <laughs> well like even at first it took me a few to realize like you can kind of tell by the voice but holy shit, really transformed himself Typical Hollywood rich man. Just, well, a lot of people think that he's kind of based on Harvey Weinstein. Oh, really? Yeah, because apparently Harvey Weinstein had a reputation for being a massive dick. Like, on top of being, like, you know, all the other stuff he did, the, the rape stuff, <laughs> apparently he was just a real asshole to people. He was, like, pushy and at people in public. He was like a, an asshole. Oh, fuck. Never, like, you know, was willing to let his actors die for a G5. That's a bit much, but, you know, he was, apparently he was a prick. <laughs> but he was claiming the insurance. That's fine. A G5 airplane. Fucking Matthew McConaughey is good in that movie, too, man. Hey, hey, what's up? It's the pecker. <laughs> 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 like he, he just like he just like falls into that so naturally it's great like he could be hilarious <laughs> I think it's sincere it was probably as authentic as you see him be in real life I don't know I think his most authentic moment was in fucking Dazed and Confused 
<laughs> I get older, they stay the same age. Yes, they do. <laughs> That's what's fun about high school jigs. <laughs> yeah, he's he's another actor that's been all over the map. He's done some really funny shit, but also like fucking true detective. He played like the most serious fucking guy ever. <laughs> Apparently, apparently Matthew McConaughey got arrested one time because, like, he was partying with, like, this native dude. Like, he was partying with, like, a Hawaiian dude or something, and the Hawaiian dude was playing the bongos, and Matthew McConaughey was dancing naked, and they were making a lot of noise, so the cops, like, showed up to arrest him. What? <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, apparently, I heard that story. He got like arrested because he was dancing naked, and he had a buddy who was playing the bongo drums. Like, what a life! <laughs> we were just having a good time. What's wrong? Yeah, man, what's wrong, man? Fucking cops always hassling you. Yeah, they are and they don't. Yeah, you just gotta learn to, you know, spot the signs, stay low. <laughs> if you're famous, you got to avoid the paparazzi, and that's a fucking whole world of its own. Paparazzi's are easy to take care of. Let's find out what? where they live. What? Like, take care of them how? Just fucking pull out a shotgun, start unloading? No, just, you know, just find out where they live. <laughs> find out where they live, send a couple of fucking rough guys, beat the shit out of them with bats, and there you go. That's not what I said. <laughs> well, you know, I... I I thought that's where you were going. <laughs> no, no, never, never. <laughs> you got to do it the Suge Knight way. You got to go down there and fucking dangle them by their ankles out of the. Yeah, just hey man, you want to like just uh, relax a bit? Leave me alone. Well, did you yeah. ever hear that famous story about Suge Knight? He dangled nope. fucking vanilla ice to the balcony hotel room or whatever. No, never heard of that. Like, do you know who Shug Knight was? No. He was, like, the producer. He was, like, one of the... He was the guy behind Death Row Records. Like, he founded Death Row Records, which was one of the... Like, gangster rap labels yeah. in the 90s. And he was, uh, like, you know, uh, he, he... I think Tupac was on his label and a bunch of other people. A lot of people think that he was involved in Tupac's death. He was basically, like, a really shady guy. He used, like, really gangster tactics. He's in jail now because he fucking ran some guy over and killed him. A dick. But, yeah, apparently, like, Vanilla Ice owed him some money for, like, royalties or samples or some shit. <laughs> with a crew, and he dangled Vanilla Ice off the balcony by his ankles until he agreed to pay. <laughs> That's so gangster. <laughs> Vanilla Ice denies that it happened, though. These guys are being punks, man. They're talking shit. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows the truth? What the fuck? Like, Vanilla Ice. Fuck that guy. He's a poser from Detroit. Dude, like, Ice Ice Baby is an abomination. He took, like, a fucking... One of the most amazing bass lines of all time, and he just shat diarrhea all over it. Under Pressure? Yeah, man. That bass line is fucking amazing. I love Under Pressure. It's a great song. It's really good though. Like the way that fucking Freddie and David Bowie's voices kind of play off each other is amazing. 
It does work. Well, yeah, you got Freddie doing like the really high stuff and Bowie's singing kind of in a lower register, but he kind of jumps around a few times in the song too. Like it's really great vocal interplay. Yeah, because like David Bowie's just like, uh, tell them not to raise it. Knowing like, what this world is about, watching yeah. some good friends scream, let me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that bass line is fucking like epic, man. That's a good bass line. It, it makes the hard. It makes the song really hard to perform because, like, you need enough discipline to just stay there, like on that. Yeah, exactly. Well, there was like a big like nobody. Apparently, like nobody could agree on who wrote the bass line. Like, you know, some people say that David Bowie wrote it. Some people say that fucking John Deacon, the the bass player for Queen, wrote it. Some people yeah. even say that Brian May wrote it. Like, no one can really agree on who came up with it. Even Bowie himself is like, I'm not sure if I came up with it. I think it was John Deacon. But they're like, no, we're pretty sure it was Bowie. Like, <laughs> none of them really want to come out and say who really wrote it. Maybe they just don't remember, genuinely. A lot of cocaine back then. I'm pretty sure it was the bassist. Yeah, probably. He was a good, like, Queen Queen were a great band because, like, they were fucking versatile. Like, all four guys in that band were powerhouses. Oh, like, yeah. Even player, he wrote, uh, he wrote You're My Best Friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he wrote some classics for that band. <laughs> oh, you're my best friend. I've been with you since it's a long time. Yeah. You told my face and I love you to love. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, they were almost kind of like a super group in a sense. They kind of were because, you know, like we're, like Brian May was in Smile before. Like they were in a previous band and Freddie Mercury was like, you should form a band with me. Something of the sorts, I think. Yeah. So I'm like, so it kind of all came together nicely. Talk about the perfect addition. Like Freddie really fucking took it over the edge. So, yeah, it's just sing. <laughs> well, Queen were an interesting band because, like, they were really epic and really popular. And then their popularity kind of started falling down as, like, punk rock and stuff became more of a thing because, like, Queen were becoming more and more theatrical and more, you know, sumptuous in their music. And it was starting to turn people off. But now Queen is really beloved. Everybody fucking adores them in their music. So I guess they really withstood the test of time. Uh, especially after that movie. That movie helped. Yeah, the movie helped, but even before the movie, man, I'm telling you, Freddie has been like worshipped as a god for like decades now. In the drag scene. Like I'm pretty sure Freddie died. Freddie died the year we were born. Like he died in ninety one, I'm pretty sure. Was it ninety one? Pretty sure it was ninety one. So he's been dead for like thirty years now. <clears throat> well in my mind, I think they wrote one of the first like punk songs or metal songs ever. What sheer heart attack? No, Stone Cold Crazy. Oh, Stone Cold Crazy, yeah. It's true that riff. Yeah, they could play pretty like hard and aggressive in their early days. They had like yeah, energy in '74. Like that's like straight like they're like that was their version of what well, they call it rock, but it's a pretty punky man. Like fucking, it's fast. Some of my favorite stuff they did was the soundtrack they did for Highlander. Highlander. You probably don't even know what I'm talking about. You never seen the movie Highlander, eh? So if Trump uh, go out, not the, I mean, uh, no, that's what I say. Uh, Harrison Ford. Fuck. I mean, um, 
No. No. Jet cocksucker. No. Uh, I don't know. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. I don't know. Yeah, it's like classic. It's like one of my favorite movies of all time, even though it's kind of cheesy. It was made in like, I, I think it was made in like 85, 86, somewhere around there. And it's with Christopher Lambert, Sean Connery, Clancy Brown, like great actors. But like the whole movie is about basically like there's these people who are immortal, like walking amongst like mortals. They're immortal. They live forever unless they get their head cut off. If you're an immortal and someone cuts off your head, you die permanently and you transfer. Like, if an immortal cuts off your head, he gets your power. Like, they absorb the dead immortal's power in something called the quickening. It's basically like a lightning storm and they absorb all the power. It's wild. I I think I've seen some of this before. Yeah, it's like a pretty popular franchise. And, like, the immortals are basically destined to walk amongst the earth and fight amongst each other until eventually they all come together for something called the gathering. And they all fight until there's only one left. And whichever immortal is left standing gains the prize. Which would essentially be like, if if a good immortal gets the prize, it would be good for mankind. But if a bad immortal or an evil immortal got the prize, it would basically mean the end of mankind. It would lead us into like darkness and make us slaves. So good basically has to win in the end. And it does. And then they made shitty sequels. There can only be one! Yeah, exactly. There can be only one. That's Highlander, baby. But yeah, the first movie had, like, a great fucking soundtrack by Queen. Like, some of their classics, like, you know, Princes of the Universe, Who Wants to Live Forever? Like, Who Wants to Live Forever is my favorite Queen song. I love that song. And it was written specifically for Highlander. Friends will be friends. Who Wants to Live Forever? A kind of magic. Princes of the Universe... One year of love. Hammer to fall. That's a good one too. Hammer to fall is pretty like that one kind of sounds metalish too. It's got some heavy riffs in it. Cause it's like it's the theme for the villain of the movies. So like heavy song. Like even the title track, even like Princes of the Universe has some pretty like squealing guitars in it. I always expected maybe like uh, what am I call it? The Seven Seas of Rida being here. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nothing it? like that. But yeah, they were quite the band. And now oh. what do we have? We have K-pop. Korean pop. Yes. Hot chocolate. Well, it's okay. <laughs> eventually, eventually, Kim Jong will put the... And we won't have to worry about him anymore. I think I love you, and I think I love you to hold me, because you can love the boom, come on, come on. I want to hold your gland. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hold your Apparently, John Lennon actually used to sing that. Like, you know, when they would sing it live, he used to change the lyrics to make it more dirty. Spicy hot chocolate, J-pop, K-pop, K-pop. Even worse, he changed the lyrics to Baby, You're a Rich Man too to something horrible that I won't repeat here because it would get me in trouble. Suck dick. (laughs) It was a different time. What can you say? The cowboy days. 
things were said, people were fought, people want Austin Sutter on their guts. Nobody got down and gonna go. What? What? Gonna go? What? What? Gonna go? Oh, Olympians fall again. Have you watching the Olympics lately? What? Have you been watching the Olympics lately? No. Why would I watch the Olympics? I have trouble understanding you. It all runs together. You're singing one minute, you're talking the next. Are you on speed? No. (laughs) No. Why would you say that? No, I haven't been watching the Olympics. Who's winning? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. See, you're giving me shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long week. It's in Tokyo. Ah, there you go. So you gotta stay up late. Some Olympic 88 Korean kickboxing sabalam bitch. <laughs> I, was, I was quoting a movie, Do the Right Thing. I have. I'm trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, do the Right um, Thing is a great movie. Ah, <laughs> nice. Where was I? I had a train of thought and now it's completely gone. Shit. I'm sorry. I, de- I derailed it for you. That's my fault. Shit. What were we talking about uh, the other day? It was the phone. Over the phone? Oh, right. Yeah. My theory about humanity and the weather. The whole thing about humans being a social, humans being social creature, then us being a social race of, you know, needing to be social for the benefit of ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. What was that all about? I was thinking about this concept and about, like, you know, everybody makes this argument that you absolutely need human contact. Like, you need to be social. Like, if you tried to live in isolation, you would eventually, like, go crazy just from not having human contact. Like, human contact is necessary for, you know, human well-being, blah, 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 Maslow's Pyramid of Needs, all that bullshit. But I was thinking, like, you know, I suppose that's true, but, like, couldn't you like overcome that? Like, I'm sure that there's people who have lived years in solitude and they can do it like fairly, not, not easily, but I guess maybe some people are just more attuned to that. Yeah. Well, because here's the thing, like I understand that we're social creatures and like we need society to be kind of interconnected because we need to depend on each other for like food and blah, blah, blah. Like, like trying to live the life of a solitary hunter gatherer isn't really as feasible as it used to be. You can probably make a pretty good go of it if you want to live like fucking survivor man or some shit, but really you're going to have to get like food from somewhere. And you know, unless you want to live in a fucking unheated shack with absolutely nothing, but like, so, you know, I understand for our comfort and our survival, we kind of do need to be connected, but for our like mental and emotional well-being, like I feel like you could probably overcome that and adapt to it. Like you just need to find a way to distract your mind. Well, the distraction is just kind of pulling away from the issue, right? So maybe it's oh, yeah, but also like you just need to address like is this really an issue? Like I suppose like if you're really really hungering for human contact, like I don't know. I guess there's ways around that. There is, like for sure. Like, I'm not arguing. Like, it's not really the default way that we're supposed to exist. Like, obviously, we're meant to be socialized. But I always thought it would be interesting to do, like, an experiment to see if I could just, like, live a year on my own. Like, 
you know, I would get food from somewhere. Like I wouldn't necessarily cut off all human contact, but just no, but living in total isolation, not speaking to anyone at all and seeing like, how would I be able to cope with it? Like keeping a diary and stuff, seeing what would come of that. I feel like that would be like an interesting experiment. Necessarily like, cause that's the thing. Like I don't mind living in solitude or being cut off, but you know, there's people like you and my parents and people that I talk to. And it's like, you know, I don't, necessarily want to like deprive you of <laughs> me uh, i know that sounds like kind of an arrogant thing to say but you know you like talking to me you like doing podcasts with me you probably wouldn't like it if i just stopped talking to you for a year you know you know a month whatever go for it <laughs> yeah exactly like it would be doable but at the same time like i do have like social relationships i have friendships and relationships and i feel certain obligations towards those relationships but in terms of just my own emotional stability and like mental well, I feel like I would be able to like survive in isolation, maybe even thrive, like maybe not having as many distractions, just being able to be on my own and not worry as much about other shit would actually enable me to do like, you know, more creative stuff. Yeah. Some writing or whatnot. Well, that's the, you know, a lot of people do that. They'll lock themselves up in a cabin somewhere. You don't have yeah, to exactly. go anywhere. It's, yeah. The fucking bony bear guy. Yeah. 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 He sucks Eddie now. Vader. Eddie Vader yeah, and Into the Wild. <laughs> yeah, like Into the Wild, but I don't want to fucking die. Like, that's the thing. I'm not going to go out and, like, live in a bus. I would, like, you know, maybe want to live in a cabin or something and not completely cut myself off. Like, in the event of an emergency, like, I maybe want to get help. I don't want to fucking die just to prove a point, but, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I feel like the Into the Wild guy just went a bit too far with it. Like, he, he bit off more than he could chew. Literally, or apparently not because he starved to death. That was the problem. He couldn't bite enough. <laughs> Holy fuck! I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no, Chris. He, no, but didn't he eat a mushroom that made him go sick? Yeah, well, I. That's the thing. Like for a long time, nobody was really sure what caused it. But yeah, now apparently the thing that most people can agree upon was he probably yeah he was starving, so he ate like these poisonous kind of potato seeds that eventually kind of killed him. Yeah. Or maybe not, that wasn't, that may not have been the direct cause, but it accelerated his starvation and made it worse. And like, he was suffering from diarrhea as a result. So he was losing all of his fluids. He was getting dehydrated. So I think it just accelerated the process and made it worse. Motherfuckers. And the sad thing is, like, he could have saved himself. There were like fucking, like, this is the most fucked up part of that whole story. There were like fucking, uh, there were, like, ranger stations and, like, places nearby that had, like, stocks of food and, like, you know, stuff you could use to keep alive that were there for people who were lost. If he'd have just gone looking for it before fucking... He was just too busy sitting out there jerking off to his own fucking idealized notion of freedom. Like, dude, you need to fucking live, you know? Like... <laughs> Like, I don't know. I don't want to completely slam the guy. Like, you know, he tried something different. He died. It sucks. It's tragic. But it's a tragedy that could have been averted. Like, you know, I don't necessarily want to go that far with it. But yeah, totally. I think it's more like not necessarily because, you know, he was into the whole nature thing. Like, you know, he wanted to reconnect with nature and like prove that he could live off the land. I don't necessarily want to do that. I'm not going to go that far. I just want to prove that I can, like, make it without human contact or, like, you know, that kind of thing. I could adequately stimulate myself. Yeah. In more ways than one, baby. Hey, baby. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs>
And plus, like, now, like, the fucked up thing is, like, we carry our phones with us everywhere now. And these phones now, like, we don't even need humans. Like, we get everything from our phone. Yeah. Your phone is, like, a substitute for fucking human contact. It's insane. You're staying constantly connected while never being present. I know. It's fucking bullshit. And we wonder why the world's going to hell. But what are we going to do? Abort! Abort everything! Shut everything off. Televisions. Anything. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, this whole... This whole conversation about humanity being a social creature and us needing to be social and blah, blah, blah. That also leads to the greater point. Being social is necessary for the survival of our species as a whole. But is that necessarily a good thing? Maybe humanity should die out. Like, you know, viruses spread out and want to fucking, you know, that's what things do. Like, obviously, there's a survival instinct. But just because we have this survival instinct to band together doesn't necessarily mean that's a good thing for the planet. You know, what's good for humanity might not be good for fucking everything else. Like, when we get together, we do horrible things. We fucking start wars. We destroy, like, forests. We burn shit down. We strip mine. We we fucking suck the resources out of the earth and we rape the land and... You know, we fucking make nuclear bombs and all this crazy shit. When we get together, horrible fucking things happen. Like, maybe us getting together all the time and being so social is not necessarily a good thing. Maybe we should cool it a little on that. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's a bit more in order to keep from the chaos happening, maybe. Uh, I don't know. The problem is, like, socialization for most people essentially amounts to something very superficial. Yeah. Like, you know, they don't really want to get deep or get to know people. It's just kind of stupid. I just need to fill my fucking time on this planet. Yeah. Be cool. Feel cool. Yeah. What do I know? We don't know anything. I've We're never out been cool. Out of the oh. I've never been cool. I don't know. I've never really given a shit about being cool. Being cool is, like, stupid. Being cool is for posies. Well, because it's like, I don't fucking know. Like, what does it matter being cool? Like, is it important that other people see you a certain way? Like, is it so important to you? You want people to think like you're the shit? I don't know. Like, I don't care what other people think. What goes on in their fucking mind is entirely their own business. And I would rather not know. So, like, the way that other people perceive me is not really relevant. But then again, I'm, you know, I'm an older guy. Like, maybe when I was younger, I felt different. But even when I was younger, like, I was never really that interested in shit like that. You know me. It's not about looking cool. It's about being cool. You know what I'm saying? Well, also, yeah, I was thinking about the whole thing about, like, you know, smoking being cool. You know, people say, like, you know, oh, people smoke because they, you know, they want to be cool. But the thing about smoking, like the act of smoking a cigarette is not necessarily cool. Like, you know, it's more the thing, like, smoking a cigarette makes you calm. Like, you know, smoking a cigarette makes you calmer and more relaxed. Like, that's the whole reason. Because it chills you out. So when you're smoking, you're able to handle, like, stressful situations much calmer. Like, cigarettes make you cooler because you keep a cooler head under duress. Exactly. Like it's not necessarily like, you know, oh, you smoke a cigarette to look cool. It's like, no, 
smoking just makes you more chill and not really give a fuck about things that would normally bother you. So, you know, it's totally. kind of the indifference factor. That's how I, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah. Then again, what do I know? I'm just romanticizing a habit that kills people. We're going to get in trouble. Well, we're going to get in trouble. No! People Why? romanticize fucking booze and drinking all the time. Like, I don't drink. I've never been drunk in my life. So, fuck you. I can romanticize my own substance. Yeah. People get wasted all the time. Everywhere well, you go. People just drink. From what I can see, everywhere I look, people drink. Yeah, because what else is there to do? You're not working, people drink. Yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to exercise? You're going to read a Bible? You're no, going to enrich that first, yourself? They do no, that you're first just going to go month. drink. And that's kind of one of my issues to drinking. It's just like so ingrained in our culture. It's basically just like, yeah, everybody just drinks. It's become kind of like a part of the culture. And to me, it just seems kind of lazy. It's like, okay, this is just something of us. Like, who gives a fuck? Well, you know, beer will... Alcohol will last a lot longer than water. Say that much. Okay, that's very wise. Yes, <laughs> because the alcohol won't go bad. The water will. A pint of blood costs more than a gallon of gold. So you're telling me we should we need to find a pint of blood somewhere? Yes, we should rob a blood bank. <laughs> and and then sell it off at the next one. Yep. Sell it on eBay. Ooh. I'm sure there's some fucking people in, like, you know, third world countries who could use some good, healthy blood. <coughs> we gotta keep that shit on ice, motherfucker. We can't just take all this blood and fucking hang out and let it cook in the sun. We gotta keep that shit on ice. <coughs> I was quoting The Sopranos, though. The, the gallon of blood, the pint of blood worth more than a gallon of gold. That's like a quote from... Carmine, one of the stupidest characters on the show. Hmm. There's a character named Carmine Jr. He's like the son of the boss, like the big New York boss, Carmine Sr. But he's yep. just a total idiot. Like Carmine Jr. throughout the whole show, he just says the stupidest things. He's constantly, he's almost like Ricky. Like he just says things that just don't make sense all the time. <laughs> but since he's the son of the boss, everybody has to respect him anyway. <laughs> a bunch of bullshit. He's, he's hilarious. He's one of the funniest characters on the show. And ironically enough, he kind of ends up being better off than everybody else. He decides to kind of get out of the game. Just like that. Real quick. Well, he kind of like, he, he, he's still involved, but in a much smaller capacity. Because what happens is, like, his father dies. Like, his father dies of a stroke at the beginning of season five. And then there's, like, a big power vacuum with a bunch of people who want to take the crown in New York. And, you know, there's a bit of fighting going on. Some people end up getting shot. Bit of a thing. Like, Carmine is feuding with another gangster named Johnny Sack, who is really close to his dad. Like, Johnny Sack was basically, like, Carmine's underboss. And he kind of, like, viewed him as another son. So there's kind of a rivalry between Johnny Sack and uh, Carmine going on. And eventually Carmine is just like, you know, I'm tired of the fighting. Like he tells like a story about like he, he, he came home. He like he says, like, I have a ritual every day. I come home from work and I, you know, I get it.
in my pool and you know, I just cool off. And he said, I came home and my wife gave me a drink and I was sitting in the pool and she just said, you know, we should just stop, you know, it's too much. And he said, like, I, I realized at that moment, like, you know, that meant more to me. He basically has a moment where he realizes like his family and everything means a lot more to him than just getting involved in this point. Bullshit. So he actually steps back and has like a better fate. So Carmine, the guy who was the biggest idiot was actually the smartest guy in the end. Huh? That's how it works sometimes, man. It's the dumb one in the corner that acts like an idiot. You gotta watch out for. Yeah, that's Ralph. And some people are just <laughs> fucking stupid. The Sopranos is so fucking good. I love that show. I should really watch it again. It's been a while since I watched all six, seven seasons. What? Six and a half, but. I just watch them sporadically, randomly here. Well, oh, they got the, they got a Sopranos prequel movie coming out called The Many Saints of Newark. That'll be interesting. It fucking looks good, man. I'm 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 kind of hyped. To the cinema. I don't know if it's going to be playing in theaters. Hopefully, it is. HBO HBO yeah, special. Movie, but it is going to be a movie. Like it's going to be like a full two-hour movie. Like there's legit actors in it. Like Ray Liotta's in it and shit. And fucking the son, the son of fucking James Gandolfini is playing young Tony Soprano. Really? It's amazing. It was meant to be. Like a lot of people weren't sure if he could pull it off. Like a lot of people were like, eh, "Can he really like fill his father's shoes? Is he really right for the role?" But just looking at him in the trailer, he seems to have it, man. He looks just like him. So right away, that's perfect. Like, he really looks like him, and it's amazing. But he, he's got, like, the attitude down. He's got the voice down. Like, I think he's going to be good in the role. Holy shit. Could you imagine the pressure of that, though? Like, James Gandolfini is Tony Soprano. That was one of the most iconic fucking roles of all time. And, like, James Gandolfini's beloved. Like, people still love him. They still mourn him all these years after his death. He's still, like... A lot of people think that he, you know, never really got the chance to pop off or get the regard that he deserved. Mm. So he's, like, a really kind of revered actor. Those are huge shoes to fill. If I was him, I'd be nervous. But apparently he's doing it. Good for him. I think he'll be all right. Yeah. But we're going to get some backstory. That's interesting. We're going to find out about Chris's dad. No! The real asshole behind everything. The real asshole and all the bad stuff. Well, not necessarily, but he, I, I, I think he was an asshole. That's the vibe I'm getting. <laughs> well, tune in soon. Tune in. Tune in. I oh, think... Yeah, uh, on... What? I think we're reaching close to now. One four. One four. Oh, we got to get ten minutes now. Ten minutes. Yeah, we still got some time. Don't, 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 Well, it's fucking funny news. Funny news. Uh, but bang, but I played fucking four shows over three days this weekend here in Golden uh, Bar up at the Sky Bridge. It was hot. It's muggy. There's a lot of fires everywhere right now. Jesus, that must be surreal. It's quite apocalyptic in its own weird way. Just playing with the smoke everywhere. It's tough, man. It really takes a takes it out of you. Jesus. 
it's tiring, but it's nice. They're open, you know, cases are surging. Uh, nothing really much exciting. I'm just waiting, waiting for uh, the tail end of the summer to end and cool off for the winter time. See what happens. Yeah, great. We can go back to more bullshit. Oh, yep. It's like a fucking nightmare you can't wake up from. Burn it! Burn it all down! Burn those cocksuckers! They're all Sooner or fuck. later, we're going to forget what the world was like before this shit went down. I know exactly what it was like. <laughs> and it was nothing like this. <laughs> You'll have to be the one to tell the children. I tell remember going to Las Vegas, and they won't ask you any questions. Show them the show them the forbidden texts. Show them the memes. Ugh. <laughs> I can't do that. I don't even have memes. What's going on? Do you imagine that society gets rebuilt and it's all on fucking 4chan memes? Oh my god. Well, it's like we're it's just like we're heading in that direction. Back up to like. We started with Egyptian scriptures that were just like paintings and drawings, and now we're going yeah. back to full circle. Yeah, now it's going to be the fucking anime weebs and fucking douchebags that chronicle our history. Yay! Fuck. Well, why not? They always said that the meek would inherit the earth, man. That's where we're headed. The meek are inheriting it. Yep. Yep. When the meek shall inherit <laughs> Thank you, Getty Lee. Well, I think that's a great note to finish on. And the meat yeah, shall period. It's a good yeah. little final thought. It's a good time. Well, it was great to have you, buddy. I'll call you in a fucking bit. And uh sure, man. Thank y'all. Let's have a good one. All the gangster shit. Ah! Keep Outro. it real. Outro.